0: You're listening to Academicig, and this is our bonus-ode. Academigig is a podcast for current and aspiring academic creatives, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. Along with every episode, we post show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript. You can find these materials, sign up for our email list, and share your ideas for episode topics at academicig.com. Now, on to the episode. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Um, in the midst of a lot of projects and things, it's going really well. Yeah, How about you? About the same. Yeah, lots of, lots
1: of good things going on, but, um, you know, keeping busy, that's a good problem to have.
0: So I feel slightly discombobulated with this, uh, recording this between ode because we have finished recording season three. We're going to be releasing it soon, but this is the between ode between season two and season three, um, to kind of alert people to the fact that, hey, season three is coming. And we're excited about it, and we're going to be spending this between a ode reviewing Simon Sinek's Start With Why, because you and I have been talking about and thinking about our whys for our businesses quite a bit lately.
1: We have. Well, and for listeners, it's going to be an interesting uh, exercise in time travel, going back in time to hear season three. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, I think, to hear where we landed as a preview to what's coming next. I don't know. It, it'll be right, cool. Right,
0: Exactly. I feel like we're time traveling quite a bit. We in are this, it's this good. episode. So, we're going to do the best we can to keep it um, clear for listeners what's going on. But, um, listeners who are anxiously awaiting season three, we are super excited to release it. It will be coming in the next couple of weeks. And uh, we are going to release one episode weekly uh, for eight weeks. And this is a season that is focusing on building a thing for your business. And Sarah and I had so much fun recording it. Um, I focused on um, the latest course that I built. And Sarah focused on some modules that she has been building. And we basically walk through every single step of building a new product for your business. So, so much fun to record. Yeah,
1: it was it was cool to talk about the process um, and learn a lot from from Katie about this uh, because it was my first time building a thing. So I was a lot of me going, oh, that's a great idea. I wonder if I can incorporate that. (laughs) So it was a great, uh, great season and had some wonderful conversation. And I hope listeners will enjoy it. And be inspired yeah, so. to build their things.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's coming soon. Um, but in the meantime, we want to talk about this idea of having a why for your business. And I had read Simon Sinek Start With Why. He also has a TEDx talk, mm-hmm. which we will post in the show notes. Um, and w- we are going to be completely honest on this episode. Like, this was not our favorite book. There were definitely some problematic things in it. And um, I would recommend maybe starting with the TEDx talk. But there are some super useful kernels mm-hmm. um, that definitely impacted me finding my why in the last couple of months. And that's really impacted my business, which you'll hear a little bit about in this episode. Um, but Sarah, why don't you start just with kind of first impressions of our, <laughs> our friend Simon's book?
1: <sighs> I just giggle. Um, yeah, it, I'll be honest, it was it was not my favorite, even in the slightest. Uh, in fact, I'm looking forward to being able to Pitch it in the half-price books bin, um, but it it did have some good uh, some good kernels, as you said, Katie. Some things to pull from it that that I think are useful. My biggest issue with the book, um, there were a few, but the biggest one was it it felt repetitive to me. Um, it felt like I was like he was trying to convince me about his thesis the whole time, whereas I was like, oh yeah, the first example he gave, I was like, no, that makes sense, I get it. And then it was a hundred pages of other examples to convince that like no this is why it's important and I'm like no I got it <laughs> I'm aware okay tell me how to do it now um, so I think that was that was the other thing I know he has a second book out called find your why which I know is supposed to be a little bit more practical focused and and um, a little bit more focused on like how to actually do that sort of self-discovery um, so that might be a better book for listeners I don't know um, especially if you don't feel like you need a 150 page explanation of why finding your core passion is important (laughs) so
0: right I I mean I think that one of the things that I appreciated about this book and again I agree with you it is it is kind of repetitive and I feel like a lot of the examples are coming out of the corporate environment Mm -hmm. Um, the subtitle of this book is how great leaders inspire everyone to take action so it's definitely meant for corporate mm-hmm. America yeah, right. in terms of just, like, who's supposed to be reading this. Um, it's not meant for academic entrepreneurs and freelancers. And specifically female ones. Creative. But anyway. <laughs> right. Right. There are some gender issues, I think, which Sarah and I picked up on, like, immediately. And and we should also premise this by saying, like, my PhD is in women and gender studies, so I'm always attuned to these kinds of things. Right. But um, there's some examples in here that were a little problematic. Um, but I think that the, the thing that I really appreciated was... This idea of um, there is kind of a practical reason to find your why um, that Cynic describes, which is basically like people buy why more than they buy what. Mm-hmm. And he differentiates between this idea of your why, your how, and your what, and gives a lot of examples of it. So that is that is useful. Um, but he's kind of arguing that companies who can articulate their why or businesses that can articulate their why are going to be able to more easily connect with an audience that wants to buy the thing that they're selling, whether that's a product or a service. And so he has a very kind of practical layer to this. But there's also kind of an infusion in the idea of your why, of why do you get out of bed in the morning? Like, what are your values? Why should people care about the thing that you're selling? and that it's going to be easier for you to kind of market that if you have a very kind of core understanding of what is motivating your business. And I find that to be incredibly useful. I also find it to be incredibly difficult to try to figure out what this thing is.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, so for those of you who are like, well, what what is a why? <laughs> We're using so many uh, little phrases here, what, why, how, all of those sorts of things. Yeah, the why is really this idea of what is your purpose, your cause, or your belief that's sort of the core, you know, like you said, Katie, what are you, what are you doing? You know, what gets you up in the morning? Why are you getting up in the morning and, and doing the work that you're doing? Um, and I will say we in a previous uh, episode, we've talked about this idea of being a multi-potentialite. And so I did in some ways find that uh, this idea of having a core why was, was a little bit contrary to that idea of of being interested in and driven by multiple passions and multiple things. And uh, for longtime listeners of the podcast, you'll know that I sometimes struggle with that idea that like I do a lot of different things. Um, in part because I enjoy the variety. I enjoy doing a lot of different things in a lot of different fields. But at the same time, I do think it is important, at least internally, for you to clarify and understand why do I get up in the morning and do what I do, right? And and what is it that I'm trying to add to the world in a particular way, if that's a, a belief you have? And I think that this fits really nicely in some ways with um, the the big boom in uh, these ideas of being authentic in communications and being very, you know, kind of owning who you are in online spaces and in professional spaces that's kind of become the norm these days um, and, and kind of expected. And so I think this sort of why language fits really nicely into uh, into that idea of being your best self and your most honest self in the work that you're doing.
0: Yes, and there was actually a section where um, Cynic I thought, addressed this idea of being multi-potentialite, and I, I actually wrote multi-potentialites, and I underlined this section of the book. So on page 45, he frequently uses the example of Apple as a company that really understands their why, and he talks about how Apple's clarity of their why gives them a remarkable ability to innovate, often competing against companies seemingly more qualified than them, and succeeding in industries outside of their core business. And I was like that's multi-potentiality. Mm. Like if you have this this why, it does allow you to do kind of a huge range of things right. because it's all centered around this core and that core is going to be what actually is like the strand that ties everything together. Mm-hmm. And I think that it actually now the part that I think is hard, and I can speak to this from experience, and I think you can too, Sarah, is actually figuring out what the heck your why is. Because <laughs> what you're doing you can't so just different you just
1: can't wake up one morning and be like, I know why I am here on this earth and what I am supposed to do with myself. It doesn't happen like that? it's so hard.
0: It's so hard. And and having just come through an experience of I think I found my why and like how long it took me to figure it out. And I had to work with a coach and I was doing all these things. And I would love to, I'm happy to like tell this story on this show so that people can kind of understand. But um, that is, I think, what's challenging for multi-potentialites is you feel kind of lost in the midst of all your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is really hard, I think, to find that strand. But I actually think it actually can work very well for multi-potentialites to have this as a a kind of, um, home base Mm -hmm. in some ways Mm -hmm. of like, and and a way of aligning and a way of helping you prioritize a way of helping you make decisions about does this fit with my why? And if not, I can say no to Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can, so I've recently started articulating my why a little bit more clearly. And I I went through a little bit of a podcast rebrand, which people who follow me, me and other places may have seen. Um, but it was interesting because as soon as I started articulating it, so many people came out of the woodwork and they were like, I don't know what my why is and I'm trying to figure it Mm. out. Like this is, I think a really big deal for people Mm -hmm. and it's actually really hard. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about on this episode and kind of shift us a little bit away from the book, because I think we were, we were both kind of like, well, there's some stuff you can take and then you need to just like set it aside. Um, is, is what are some questions you can ask to help you figure out your why? What are some like, for lack of better phrasing, like data points you can look at to kind of help you figure this out as well. Um, and so I'd like to ask you, Sarah, like, what are some things that have been helpful for you as you've been kind of on this journey to figure out this core for yourself? Yeah. And your Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, we're, we're recording this at a time where I'm literally like two days out of pretty where, where I landed to, to be pretty sure I know what my why is. So it's all very new and fresh. Uh, and I'm not quite ready to articulate it coherently externally yet. Uh, But I can talk a little bit about my process for this, which, um, you know, longtime listeners will not be surprised to know was a little hodgepodge. Uh, And um, it was a lot of time just sort of um, letting some ideas marinate and, and trying to draw some connections between the different types of work that I like to do, and find what is that underlying base that drives me to do those different things. And some of that is, you know, creative expression. And some of that is a passion for wanting to help others um, better their work or better their lives. And so, you know, I kind of toyed around with that for a little while. And I'm like, well, that's not really, you know, why I do everything that I do. Some things I do sort of for more of a selfish place. Um, and sort of owning that as a, also a, a part of of my why as well. And so it it took a lot of time of just thinking and allowing myself that time and space. Um, But also, I'm going to be honest, like, this all came a week after going on a week long vacation where I unplugged for a week, like, and I've heard so many people talk about that, where they go on vacation, and then they come back and they're like, oh, I think about things differently now. Or hey, it's magic when you give your your brain some space to just let it, you know, work through some stuff, even in the background while you're off on a hike or something. But uh, so now I am a, a believer in the power of a vacation to really uh, jumpstart some, some creativity and some creative thinking. So, um, you know, in terms of I, I don't really have I've, Katie as much of a, a uh, to do <laughs> list of like how to get to this, this point. But I think it's just giving yourself the permission to, um, to wrestle with these ideas and these questions and to be okay with not finding an answer right away. I mean, like, well, again, listeners yeah. of the podcast are going to be like, yeah, Sarah's been talking about this for a year now. Like, <laughs> and I've been going through it for longer. This, this constant pull to, try to figure out and be able to articulate why you do what you do. And especially when you're doing stuff that's kind of weird, right? That's kind of outside the norm, outside the sort of traditional expectations. And I think especially coming from an academic perspective, you know, there's a lot of pressure to do the things and check the boxes of the standard sort of experience of an academic. And when you don't fit that mold, or even when you do, it's, really easy to lose track of the why you're doing what you are doing. And I think keeping your finger on that pulse and understanding when it shifts and changes, because I don't think my why is going to be constant forever. Like, I'm not a single passion kind of girl. Um, But understanding that how things fit with that or don't fit with that. um, I think that helps understand that gut reaction that we sometimes have, you know, when when you have a new piece of work or something that that is coming Coming your way, and you have a gut reaction one way or the other, like, oh, yeah, this is great, or "Uh, uh, I don't know, this seems a little off. Sometimes we can't always articulate why we're having that reaction. And I think checking in with your core why am I doing what I'm doing, Um, your core why, your core passion can be a helpful way to understand that gut check. Uh, in a different way, too. So those are just some of the things I've been thinking about when wrestling with this uh, why process. And um, Katie, now I'm eager to hear from you about your process, because I'm guessing it's a whole lot more
0: coherent and straightforward. <laughs> Actually, it's not. Hey. Um, I mean, I can give some to do's, but I was so frustrated with this whole thing of like not being able to figure this out. Like, I just feel like I felt for a long time, like I was going in circles. Um, so if you have you were in that place of like dealing with that, I mean, I think we've all been there. Yep. I mean, it's really, this is a really challenging thing. Um, but I do want to second your point about going on vacation because I was able to make some big rebranding decisions in my business this summer as we record this. We're about mid-August and I took July off of content creation after doing a pretty serious um, creative period and was I just really needed a break. And so I was not creating new podcast episodes. I was not blogging. I was really just taking a break and about 2 weeks into that month um i had like some serious aha moments about rebranding and um made some serious changes which we'll talk about in a little bit but um so a few things i think that helped me um one is that i have been pretty committed to figuring this out for a long time and i've also been following your advice sarah which was you know like it's okay if it's not happening immediately like i was frustrated that it wasn't happening quicker but i knew that it was a longer process so I was kind of just letting it take the time it needed to get itself figured out, um, which is really hard kind of, for us Type A people. Yeah, no, it's, it's, super, it's hard. super hard. <laughs> it's so hard, and, and and you feel like you're just like chipping away at a mountain, and, and it's just like never getting anywhere. You're like, um, I want the
1: answers now. Just give them to me. No, right. that's not how it works. Sorry.
0: <laughs> right, and so so a couple of the really concrete things I did, just in case they're helpful for other people, is I did engage a coach. And this is someone that I had worked with, um, as part of my coach training. And so this is someone who's like beyond me in terms of coaching level. And I went into that trying to get a better sense of like what motivates me in my professional life and trying to get a better sense of my why I was really struggling, um, kind of personally with differentiating between why, how, and what, and really trying to articulate the differences between those things, because I felt like I had things in my business that were like all three, and I couldn't figure out what they were. (laughs) So that was really a challenge for me. Um, And then I also, I also spent quite a bit of time. So I have like these four by six whiteboards in my office. And one afternoon, I just filled an entire one of these whiteboards with like words and phrases that I thought were like, tied somehow to my why like I I wasn't quite sure what they were but it was like stuff that kept coming up for me so like this this concept of like by design is something that's really important to me like design thinking systems thinking um, this concept of like doing things in a way where I have um, attention to design and aesthetics like that's something that is important to me having productivity and having it be meaningful like that was important to me so I just kind of started writing down a bunch of this stuff on my whiteboard and and just like looked at it for a while to be honest like lay down on my floor of my office looked at this whiteboard tried to kind of move the puzzle pieces together in a way that would make sense um another thing that I did and that was really important for me and I don't know that it would be as important for other people but it was really important for me to have like a unique lexicon of like language that it Because I feel like one of the challenges of like finding your why is I didn't want to have a why that everyone else has. You know, like it was like I needed it to be unique. I needed it to be something that really fit me that when I talked about it, I was like, yes, like it just like locked in and it felt like really comfortable to me. I felt like I owned it. It was like mine. And that's what I was really struggling with was like finding that language. And I'm a language person. You know, I've always been a language person. I'm a writer. I, I'm an English major from my undergrad days. I mean, like this is something that so so that was a big part of it for me, which is I think why I did all the whiteboard work was like I needed I needed words that were really going to kind of um, articulate this for me. And then another thing that I did that I think actually was what helped me to lock into it um, was I. I started to think about this concept of magnetism and what is it that draws people to me when they hire me. And I had thought about this, and I think I've talked about it on a previous episode actually, where I was challenged by this because I'd have like one client who'd be like, I'm really drawn to you because you started your own business. And then i have another client who's like, well, I'm really drawn to you because you've published a lot and you have a lot of experience in that area. And then I'd have like a third client that's like, well, I'm really drawn to you because you're so productive and you can like get things done and and you share it out in like really public ways and I, I'm really drawn to that. And I'd be like, what, like, what is the strand? Like, I, you're all drawn to me for like these, and it was that was like the multi potential item me is I was like, I don't understand. Like, yes, you're drawn to me for all these things, but, like, what is the core element of, like, what is holding this together? And I was just, like, racking my brain. Like, and this is why I engaged the coach. I'm like, help me to find this thing. Like, what is drawing these people in? And one day, I got it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the thing. And it scared the crap out of me (laughs) because as soon as I got it, I was like, this is, like, my life's purpose. Like, I mean, it was, like, this moment where I was, like, Oh god like that. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of like this thing where you're like wanting it so bad and then you get it. It's it's like when you apply for a really big grant mm, and yep. you're like I want this multi-million dollar grant and then you get the grant and you're like what did I sign myself up for <laughs> like this is just more work. Yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? So it was kind of that feeling of like excitement but also like oh wow this is like it felt like I felt very reverential about mm-hmm. it. It was almost like a spiritual experience mm-hmm. which is not like a thing for me like I'm not like a hugely like woo-woo person I don't think anyway but in this moment I was mm-hmm. and I was like wow this feels like deep and it feels important so let me tell you what it is like um but let me pause there before I start talking about that <laughs> to to see if you have anything to say Sarah about any of those things because they were very exploratory it was very much like private I was doing a lot of this stuff by myself yep. other than my work with the coach like trying to figure this out and it was a period of months I would mm-hmm. say this was a period of maybe three or four months, but I had been kind of percolating on this for years. Mm -hmm. This was just me getting serious about it and being like, I'm done not knowing my why I'm figuring this out. (laughs) (laughs) This is a problem and I need to solve it. (laughs) Right. I am fixing this right now in like a three to four month period.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think you raise a couple of really interesting points. Um, and especially from a fellow multi multi potentialite perspective, um, And, you know, I I have trouble a little bit with the, uh, like you said, Katie, the magnetism idea. um, Why are people drawn to you? And you you were mentioning that people were drawn to you for all of these different reasons. And uh, it's interesting because my response to that is like, is is less of confusion and more of like, well, yeah, because you are all of those things, you know, and and one of the things that I've been kind of embracing more lately is this idea that we are all really complex humans with multiple interests and passions and excitements and things that we do with our lives. And that's okay. Like we need to stop putting ourselves and each other in boxes (laughs) and start understanding that like, because you are really good at this thing doesn't mean you can't also be really good at this other thing. Um, I was talking to a a dear friend about all of this recently and and she was like, yeah, I think your next business card, instead of like listing out all the things you do, she's like, I think their next business card needs to say, hi, I'm Dr. Langworthy. I do a lot of things really well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sort of a conversation starter, because, you know, I can try to put the work that I do into those different boxes. And Katie, you said that kind of the same thing, like people are drawn to you because of the different kinds of work you've put out into the world. So you don't necessarily fit that one mold. And that's okay. But at the same time, there is this underlying need to understand what is this core part of me or this core element in me that does draw people in because there there is a common thread to a lot of that stuff. So what is that common thread? So yeah, Katie, what is that common thread? Okay, let me tell you, I'm
0: super psyched about Drum this. Drum roll. Like, this is, I know, right? <laughs> well, this is the thing where you know it's right because you're like, you can't stop talking about it and you can't stop thinking about it. And you're like, oh my God, I need to write a book and I need to create a group coaching program and I need to have a television show and a YouTube channel and a podcast. And oh my God, it has to be everywhere. Um, so you turn into a little bit of a crazy person. But Um, so the thing that I realized, and, and really, I think using that example of like what draws people to me is a good one, because there is a strand that ties all those things together. And that is all of those things that I've done, starting my business, putting my work out there, you know, being, uh, publishing and like doing all of that. It's because I trust that I can do it. Like I have a a very core sense of self-trust that allows me to do like a very high level of work. I don't question myself. I don't get kind of mired down in imposter syndrome feelings. Like I just do the work and I trust that I have the capacity to do really consistent good work. And so I developed this concept and I've been like making it out into a framework and and defining it in different ways, but I'm calling it radical self-trust. And this is basically what I think draws people to me Mm. is that they see that I have this kind of core sense of radical self-trust and I've defined it as one's capacity for steadfast self-awareness and self-loyalty. And when you enact it, what ends up happening is you have a consistent practice of purposeful actions that are rooted in that capacity, and it ends up having this kind of comprehensive effect on all aspects of your life. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, like, so once I had this concept of radical self-trust, then I was like, well, I need to define it. Like, what does this mean? And, and literally, like, how this happened, and I talked about this in, in a couple other places, which we can link to in the show notes. I have a blog post about it. I have um, a podcast episode about It's literally as I walked into work in the morning, I have, like, a 12-minute walking commute once I park on my campus. And I was, like, literally making notes on my phone. Mm for like two weeks every morning in those 12 minutes and as stuff came to me throughout the day I'd like make a little note but this is how I defined it I mean like once I had it in my head I was like just like pecking away at it Mm -hmm. like all day Mm -hmm. but I ended up coming with coming up with like these six ways of like how do I do this like when I'm cultivating radical self-trust what does it mean Mm -hmm. to do that And um, so some of the six things I came up with were I seek self-knowledge, I live out my core values with intention, I nurture my own superpowers, I practice loving kindness toward myself and toward others, I playfully experiment, which I know we've talked about on this show quite a Mm -hmm. bit, and I I have basically settled into my life's purpose. Now what's interesting about I think this particular why for me is the why itself has like a how and a what. Mm -hmm. Like the how is those six things that I just talked about, like there is a how for how to cultivate this, that other people could cultivate self-trust by doing these things, by seeking self-knowledge, by nurturing their superpowers. Now their superpowers are going to look different from my superpowers. Their ways of cultivating self-trust are going to look different from my ways of cultivating self-trust, but you can still kind of follow these core elements. And then they lead to particular kinds of outcomes. And that's the what of radical self trust. And that includes alignment of values with actions, clarity of direction, peace with decision making, increased self confidence and self acceptance, magnetism, I think is part of it, drawing people to you, having a sense of energized focus, and engaging in meaningful productivity. Now, who doesn't want all those things, first of all? (laughs) So, like, come on over and let me me train you in radical self trust, right? (laughs) Like, let's all sign up for this program. Um, but this, when I, that lexicon of language, a lot of those phrases were things I had written on my whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Like it it started, like all these puzzle pieces kind of came together in a way that I was like, okay, this is it. And when I started to look at my business, when I looked at coaching, for example, coaching is all about helping people to cultivate radical self-trust. I mean, like, that's like what coaching is at its core. When I looked at courses I developed, when I looked at, you know, different things that were part of my business, sometimes it was directly about helping people to do this. Sometimes it was about me enacting my version of radical self-trust. So if I created a a new product I was playfully experimenting with, doesn't mean I wasn't going to, like I just shut down, for example, the web design component of my business because I have too much other stuff going on. That was a part of me playfully experimenting and like doing some cool stuff with design and I decided I didn't want to move forward with it. It's not necessarily how I'm like helping other people to cultivate radical self trust. Although I think like websites can be a way of of talking about that. Um, but you know, like the the thing I think that hung me up that was so hard, and I've talked with you about this, Sarah, before, is that there were two layers mm-hmm. to my why, and I don't know if this is going to always be the case with other people, but the idea of radical self trust has its own set of how and what of like it it is a framework it is something that i can apply to other people and myself how i enact it personally is the second layer so like my podcasting and my coaching and the kinds of products i create for my business and the kinds of things that i am doing that are kind of personalized to me and my skill set the systems thinking the design based thinking like all of that that is how i personally enact this idea of radical self trust Other people aren't necessarily going to do it that way. Mm -hmm. So once I was able to differentiate between those levels, that was like a huge aha moment for me because I felt like I'd been looking at this problem from a 2D perspective. And then I realized all of a sudden it was a 3D perspective, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that there was like a meta level of the radical self-trust framework. And then there was like a level below that or, you know, apart from that, that was basically like, what does it look like in my life to be articulating this and to be modeling it for other people?
1: Right, and what? Yeah, what okay. I what I hear you saying there is really that not only is radical self trust your why, and and the how and the what stem from that in the work that you're doing, but also part of your how and what is teaching people radical self trust for their own lives. And so, yes, yeah, it's, it's like, like a very that, meta situation. Yeah, it's a little bit of both, and and part of that stems from the fact that radical self trust is your why. <laughs> <laughs> and some right. of the health things. Like it, gets, like, it gets it gets layered. I, I can I can certainly see that. Yeah, it
0: gets layered, it gets kind of confusing. And to be honest, I feel like I'm about two, two and a half months out from like having my aha moment of like this is what this is, and I'm still trying to figure out how to articulate yep. it. Yep. But in July, so this is part of what happened with my rebrand, I decided that I needed to more clearly articulate this as part of my business mm-hmm. and part of my brand. And how I decided to start doing that was primarily through my podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I have four podcasts that I do. Um, this one is one of them. Uh, then I do one for my day job. And then I had one called You've Got This and one called The Anatomy of a Book, which is about writing a publication. And I decided to merge as many of those as I could into a new podcast channel called the Radical Self Trust podcast channel. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go for it. Like, <laughs> this is a thing. And like, but here's the crazy thing about the kind of content that I've been producing over the past two years-ish of doing my business, including blog posts and these podcast episodes. I've started by going to my blog and taking this kind of lexicon of language that I've just described, like the seeking self-knowledge, the magnetism, the energized focus, you know, those kinds of phrases. And I recreated the categories of my blog. And I had had categories in there that were like productivity, travel, you know, like that kind of thing. and I, I erased all those categories, the old ones, and I put in these new categories, and I recategorized a hundred plus blog posts from the last two years. No big deal <laughs> You know it took an afternoon, and it was a, it was fine. Um, so I did that, and and the crazy thing is, every single one fit into this framework. Mm-hmm. Like I've been writing about this without knowing what it was, without knowing what it was called. Like I've been writing myself to this idea of radical self-trust. And once I realized that, I went back and looked at my podcast and it was basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've been talking about how do you cultivate this through your writing, through your business, through, you know, all these different ways. And so I decided like let's let's do this. Like let's and so I I released an episode talking about radical self-trust and what it is and how I've come to understand it. And now I'm kind of articulating different aspects of this and I'm using the language of this lexicon and the content of the shows hasn't really changed. Mm -hmm. Like this is the thing, like when you find your why, it's not a total redirection of your work, it's a clarity about what it is you're actually doing and a name Mm -hmm. for what it is you're actually doing. So now I have this new channel um, and of course that led to me talking to Sarah about what do we do with Academic Aid? Because hey, aren't we just practicing radical self trust in our businesses? <laughs> Pretty much, yep. Um, so yeah, Sarah, you want to talk about that?
1: Uh sure. We can talk about that. One other thing I wanna I wanna bring up though for listeners who are hearing Katie's energy and excitement uh, in talking about all of this. Yes, it's compelling. You're right. <laughs> um, and it's natural to feel drawn to that. Um, when she first started talking to me about this, you know, even a month or so ago, I was like, ooh, that's cool. I like that. Um, but one thing I want to highlight, Katie, is you're kind of thinking about this meta level, you know, helping other people with the, the idea of radical self-trust. You know, for some, some listeners out there, you may say, oh, yeah, radical self-trust. It resonates really strongly with my why and might might even be your why. But I also want to emphasize that it might be your how, right? That it, it might be how you go about doing your work in in this yes. way and that it might actually feed into your why but might not be your why. And so I think it's a really powerful way to kind of understand how you do your work, even if it's not sort of central core to your own personal why. So I, I just as you were talking, I was kind of hearing that and going, Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So as people are, you know, working with you, Katie, on this idea of radical self trust, you know, understanding that that might not be everyone else's why, and other people may express their whys in different ways. But if they can use that as a part of the process for finding their why or for doing their work, you know, in that I guess that would be how or what. <laughs> I get those conflated sometimes. Um, but that's a really powerful uh, framework to, to kind of approach uh, just work in general. Um, and so right. I applaud you for that. Very
0: cool right well and i completely agree with you like i think that my general idea is like this is a lot of people's how. yeah like and it will it will enhance your why yep. if you can do your why in this way of having self-awareness and having self-loyalty like to move your particular why forward and i mean i'll admit when i first released this in a blog post i had a ton of people like reach out mm-hmm. to me and then i followed it up with some podcast episodes I had people tweeting me, I had people emailing me and they were like, "Oh my god, this makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels so aligned for me." And there was this very small part of me, I'll say like 5% of me that was like, "This is mine. <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> um, but 95% of me was like, "Yes. Mm-hmm. This is what I want." Mm-hmm. Like this is this is affirmation mm-hmm. that this is bigger than this is bigger than me. This is as big as I thought it was. Like that other people are connecting with this in a way that is like it's it's meaningful yeah. for people. Yeah. And it it helps them to make sense of things in their lives. Mm -hmm. And since – so the other thing that I've been talking about, which I'll I'll just throw – like I released a podcast episode this morning and I'll put it in the show notes – is how this particular um, kind of framework of radical self-trust helps you to combat – a lot of things that I call the cycle of self-distrust and it includes stuff like imposter syndrome and fear and anxiety and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, So there is a real problem that I think this is addressing Mm -hmm. and I see it, especially in academics because that's who I work with the most in terms of my coaching and and all of that. But I also see it in like everybody. I mean, it's like we're all dealing with a lot of crap and this is the more that you can kind of have this core sense of radical self-trust it's like it's like the idea of being a turtle you carry it all on your back Mm. you know like it's always with you Mm -hmm. like when you have radical self-trust you can deal with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and you're going to come out just fine um and i think that's the part that it really draws people in is it's a it's it's tied to this sense of resiliency Mm -hmm. and like how do you deal with things that are hard yeah um and we all identify with that like that's the bigger part of it um so anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean you're totally right. And and that is I think the the interesting thing when you create something and it feels so personal to you and you give it to the world, yeah. there is part of you that's like, but wait, this is this is mine. Like this is like I feel so tied yeah. to it. And but at the same time, like what is the purpose if you're not like sharing helping it. other people yeah. to figure this stuff yeah. out? Like that's so important. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we all rely on that from, from one another too. I mean, I've been through some hard stuff in the last several months and in, in, in a number of ways, and, um, I wouldn't be where I am without the art and wisdom and writings and videos that other people have created that were honest and shared those kinds of the, those aspects of life, um, and those core yeah. values of life. And, and so, yeah, like, what's the point if we're not <laughs> going to share that stuff, um, Yeah, I I I think this is really compelling, and we could can probably continue talking about it all day. But uh, to go back to your earlier question, Katie, about um, how does academic gig fit into this new uh, radical self trust podcast? Well, when when Katie and I uh, when Katie approached me and said, "Hey, so I did this thing, Uh, can we talk?" (laughs) and and asked about you know what would it look like if we put academic gig under that. Um, radical self-trust umbrella and uh, and put it in that podcast network. Um, And I was pretty much immediately like, yeah, sure. Seems to fit for me. That works. Uh, And so then we had a a conversation not too long ago, actually, earlier this week, I think, uh, talking about um, what would we want to call academic gig? Because academic gig is... We love the name because it was our it was our first name and our first love. It's one point It's one point
0: But now we're moving to two point so we need a little we need some we need changed. a two
1: point and partly because. So many people have been like Academia, what now?
0: <laughs> I don't. Right. Huh? when our our Australian friends, we've heard from several of our Australian friends who've been like academic egg. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> right. They're like they hear it differently, and, right. and we're like, it's not academic right. egg. Like, I mean, it's so people have a hard time finding mm-hmm. it. Like, it's it, it's a thing. Yeah. So we're like, okay, this could be a good opportunity, right? Um, and I and actually, this is a maybe a different episode that Sarah, you and I should kind of think about talking about. But like, when you get to a point of rebranding. Yep. You know, like, when do you take that opportunity to do that? And and this just seemed like a good opportunity mm-hmm. because I was doing some of this anyway, and um, you were open to yep. it. And so we decided to to kind of shift it a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, after some brainstorming um, and really reflecting on what is the core of the, the podcast and what, what messages are we sharing and what messages do we want to be sharing and things do we want to be talking about in future seasons, um, we landed on this idea um, that really what we're talking about here is, is how do you make your way in your business? And whether that's creatively, whether that's strategically, whether that's logistically and tactically and really get into, getting into the nitty gritty of how do you run a business or whether it's those much broader things like talking about imposter syndrome and how radical self-trust can help you punch imposter syndrome in the face, um, things like that. It all kind of fits into this idea of Um, talking about how we're making our way and how you can make your way in your own career and um, business and life.
0: I think the other thing that we really were thinking about with this concept of make your way, which is the new title. I didn't actually say that part. Sorry, guys. (laughs) that's the new title of what we're thinking about for the show, um, is this, one of the things I think that really resonates with both Sarah and I is this concept of doing work on your own terms. Right. And making a life for yourself and a, a professional experience for yourself that feels right, that that is really, and Sarah's talked about this in different ways, like following your energy, you know, like that kind of thing. And for me, it's about having, um, not feeling stuck and, you know, being able to be creative and all of that. And so the other I think way that we we see this title is this idea of making in your own way. Mm-hmm. You know like right. and 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 making on your own terms. And what does that mean? And um making has such a broad connotation in terms of creativity, but also, you know, like earning power and, you mm-hmm. know, and how you kind of find your own path and all of that. But it really is about how do we do this on our own terms? And and that is such a key element for me too of radical self-trust is it's so personalized, yep. um, and everybody is going to enact it in different ways, and it's going to look different for everyone. The outcomes are going to look different, but it's about doing it on your own terms, mm-hmm. and I think that that's a big part of what we talk about. Yeah,
1: I agree. So make your way is
0: Academic Geek 2 woohoo Woohoo! Hooray! <laughs> So, um, because this is between a sode I wanted to give a little update about what this means for your feed. Um, if you're listening to this and going, do I need to subscribe to a new show? What is this going to look like? You know, whatever. Um, so, what this means is I am basically transitioning Academic Egg into my Radical Self Trust podcast channel feed. And there's some behind the scenes work, um, kind of technical work that needs to happen. Um, but what will happen is you will, in your pod, if you are subscribed to the show, in your podcast, um, like feed what you will see is a transition to a a kind of itunes art or wherever it is you listen to your podcast that's going to say the rst podcast channel and you are also then going to have basically the other shows that are in that channel um and right now now those shows are you've got this which is my show on kind of productivity and um basically like how do you do academic life on your own terms? Um, There's a second show called Life Work Q&A, which was um, something that I used to do every week, which is basically answering a listener question. Um, And then there is a third show called Think Write Revise, which is what used to be the anatomy of a book. And this is my show on writing and publication and basically how to do that on your own terms. Um, And so Make Your Way is going to be the fourth show that comes into this channel. You will not see art specifically that says make your way um, in your feed because of iTunes and <laughs> them needing to figure some stuff yep. out. Um, so you will you will just see the RST podcast channel. And if you're thinking like, well, I don't really want all that other stuff. I just want make your way. I want, you know, Academic 2.0. Um, then ignore the other stuff uh, <laughs> and and just do look at the make your way. And, and what you will see is at the beginning of each episode title, there is, um, you will see M-Y-W for Make Your Way, and you'll be able to tell that that's that's what that episode is about. And as we release season three, it will be rebranded in this way. Um, So a couple other kind of logistical things for you to know about. You will not need to change your feed in any way. It will just show up for you. um, So you should just see it in your phone. Um, You will also uh, probably be getting an email from us soon (laughs) that talks about this for the people who are on our email list um, and we are also, as part of this process, shutting down the email list. Um, so this is also a way for us to kind of simplify what's going on in terms of our own um, content output and, and our communication channels. And we're also going to be shutting down the Academic Gig Twitter feed as well. So if you've been relying on the email list or the Twitter feed... To get you kind of information about this, um, what you should do is follow either Sarah or I on Twitter, or both of mm-hmm. us, um, and or follow our newsletters, because we will, of course, be talking about the release of um, Make Your Way when it happens, because um, it is more of a seasonal show. So um, and, this is a way for us to kind of bring people in. And Katie, our, Katie, how can people find kids? you on Twitter? Don't, it's magical, they know. <laughs> Why do I even need to say what? it? What? <laughs> yeah. So on Twitter, (laughs) you can find me at, uh, at Katie double underscore Linder, and you can find Sarah at, at Dr. Langworthy, Dr. Langworthy, Dr. Langworthy, and, um, come find us over there and, and we'll be, we'll be sharing out some stuff on academic, academic eggs feed as we're shutting it down and and trying to transition people over. Um, but this is also, I think, part of Mm rebranding as you have a chance to kind of look at things from a 30,000 foot perspective, Um, and like, for example, I'm managing 18,000 websites right now, (laughs) so we will be transitioning the Academic website over to, um, where I'm housing the podcast channel show notes and everything, and that is at katylinder.work slash podcast. So all of that, you know, is going to be included in kind of this email that we're sharing out, but, um, I'm excited about this rebrand. I actually think it, it opens up possibilities about what we can do with this show, um, and, I really hope that folks who are listening will follow along and come on over to the the RST podcast channel. It'll be a fun adventure. And though the name is changing, Katie and I aren't really.
1: We're still the same people. And we're going to talk about some cool stuff. uh, And especially for season three, which will be hitting your feed very shortly. Uh, if you've I- ever been interested in making a thing, um, it, whether that's an online training or a course module or something to sell on your website, and you're like, I don't know where to start with that, guess what? I didn't either. Uh, and then I just, we did a thing. We both of us did things and talked a lot about the process and about how to structure things and organize things and market, all of those things. So if you are interested in um, creating some something to to sell or share with the world in that way and are interested in hearing about how we did it. Stay tuned for season three coming soon.
0: Yes. This is my favorite season so far. Um, I think me too. I've just, yeah, it was so fun and I just finished editing it. So I did want to give people a heads up that there may be references to academic egg within these episodes. Um, and I have tried to cut out what I could um, just from an editing perspective, but some of it was just harder to do. So um, you will still hear us referencing it maybe um, in different ways. And yeah, um, I, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but in future seasons, it will not happen. Um, so anyway, um, but I hope you've enjoyed this Between a um and kind of this discussion of our whys and what we're trying to do moving forward. Of course, this is going to be infused in future seasons. Um, and we really look forward to dropping season three. So keep an eye out for the the feed change, and if you've got any questions, of course, you can always reach out to us. Um, If you want to contact me directly, you can always email me at contact at katylinder.work if you have specific questions, particularly about the the podcast feed changes, which are things that I kind of manage in terms of Sarah and my partnership. So if you've got kind of technical questions or anything, um, feel free to contact me.
1: Otherwise, feel free to reach out to either of us if you have questions or suggestions for future topics uh, or episode suggestions. Uh, You can get to me at sarah at drlangworthy.com all right all right
0: so um sarah so good to talk to you it's always so fun and yay for cheers to finding
1: our wise sort of kind of i'm almost there i'm i'm very close you're getting there (laughs) you're like on the edge you're about to fall off the cliff ah i don't like the falling off the cliff analogy but okay (laughs) It's a roller coaster that only part. goes up or something. I don't know. Yes, yes,
0: yes. We need to come up with metaphors uh, for this, obviously.
1: Exactly. Well, I'll delight as always. And uh, I can't wait to release season three. And, you know, we'll, we'll be recording season four soon here because that's yep. what we do. So uh, we are looking forward to, to talking more. And until next time, we'll, we'll chat with you later. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Academic Gig podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and heard something useful that you can apply in your own business. Show notes with links to resources mentioned in the episode and a full transcript are available at academicgig.com. There, you can also sign up for our email list and receive over 100 great resources for recommended books, blog posts, and podcasts for the academic creative, freelancer, and entrepreneur that you won't want to miss. You can connect with us on Twitter at Academigig, or you can also find Sarah at Dr. Langworthy and Katie at Katie double underscore Linder. We'd love to hear from you and continue the conversation about this episode. There are several other ways to connect with the Academigig podcast. Visit the website to post a comment about a specific episode, suggest a future topic, or ask a question that could be featured on a future Q&A episode. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and helps others find the show. And as always, thanks for listening.